Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz Loza. I'm here with Matt Harmon. Producer Brett is, of course... In the building, on the laptop, making sure all of this sounds fine. He'll interject. He'll throw some drops around. He'll probably throw us a few curveballs. But we're so grateful to have him because if it were just me and Matt trying to run this circus, my gosh, we might look like the New York Jets. Oh. Whoa. God, you are such a pro. I am a technician. A tactician. Technician, technician and a tactician? A little bit both. Yeah. Double Definitely teams. a tactician. LOL Jets, yo. I mean, where do we even start? Well, we could start with an article that was penned by our very own NFL senior writer for Yahoo Sports, Kimberly Martin. You can mm-hmm. follow her on Twitter at by Kimberly A, and that's B-Y-K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y-A. She, uh, and if you, like, don't, don't mess that up. Have you ever accidentally called her? Kim? No, Kimberly, like, but not the same spelling as other Kimberly. Why would, if I'm calling her something, how's she going to know like how I'm Twitter, spelling it? On Twitter. I've tweeted at her and said Kimberly and, and, and spelled it incorrectly. And spelled it incorrectly like a real jackass. I'm sure she told you. As oh, someone yeah. who has a, a less than common name, I mean, Brett's a name, but people misspell it. Like, there's two T. I mean, I have two T's. Some people do it with one T. Some people just call me Brent. Some people call me <laughs> Brad. Uh, Wait, do you know that when I was in college, I thought I was going to marry a man named Brent. I thought it was like such a sexy name. I didn't. Brent. Cool. Brent. <laughs> is that well, the Brent, whole story? Brent, <laughs> Brent is a trash name. I know, I know, but if I get called Brent, I'm like, ah! <laughs> and <laughs> so, you know what? I, as someone who has their first and last name is spelled all the time, I... Yeah, Raider is... There's a lot of ways to go there. Yeah. There's no I. There's no I, name. but most people don't even do it that... Misspell it that way. Anyways, as someone who has a name that's misspelled a lot, I understand Kimberly's oh, yeah, frustration. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad she told you because sometimes you need to be told to stay in your lane. Not true. I'm a, a very habitual lane stayer. <laughs> I don't, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Okay. But she did pen an article, Miss Kimberly Martin titled Jets Prove Why They're a Punchline After Ousting GM Mike McCagnin, which was, I mean, she just like brought it in the title. Like, yeah. no, and we should also mention that Kimberly covered and was a beat writer for the Jets prior to coming to Yahoo Sports in her NFL senior writer capacity. So we should, the news is, right, the Jets, 
midweek, hump day, went ahead and fired GM Mike McKagan this after he was allowed to spend all the money in free agency, yeah. have, ish- have his say of the draft. He and Adam, here's a shocker. Adam Gase isn't getting along with someone. <laughs> he is. Uh, hey, that is that is interim GM Adam Gase excuse, to you. Excuse, yes, because yes. he did slash receive head coach, the slash sitter of the on the Iron Throne uh, currently. Adam All right, let, Gase. okay. So Matt has some. Well, sure, let's let's Game save let's joke. save let's save Fine. that part. Let's do let's just do the actual thought first, which is. I think Kimberly's one hundred percent right. They prove why they're a punchline. Like yeah. jets are gonna jet when Fireman Ed quits on your team. You got problems. Fireman Ed. I don't care about Fireman Ed. Okay, but um, I, don't, I mean, I don't think he's coming out of re- retirement. Now that old Big Mike is gone. And that's the thing. It's not like McKagan was that great, right? Like, oh, no, <laughs> this, this is the hard part. So silver linings here, you know, rebrand uh, to the silver linings guy. Like, the thing is, this is the right move. It's just the wrong time. Like, Mike like if Be- this happened in like January 5th, no one would be like, okay, sure. That makes sense. And, and if they, it could happen January 5th of 2019, it could happen in January 5th of 2020. But the fact that it's happening here in the middle of May after, like you said, he gets to spend all this money in free agency, he gets to throw a lot of it around, gets to plan the draft. I guess teams have basically decided that because there's this has happened at other times, too. I think John Dorsey was fired by the Chiefs in the middle of the offseason. Uh, this was kind of a different situation. But Dave Gettleman was canned in July, I think, by the um, Carolina Panthers. I could be missing up the timeline there, but that was definitely a, a mid offseason firing. I guess they just think of it as, hey. This guy's been building the draft board, knows the scouts, whatever. Because otherwise, otherwise, you see what like will go on with the Raiders soon, which is they're going to clean house of all their scouts because they're left over from the Reggie McKenzie era. So, well, they already sent them home, right? Right. So, <laughs> so it's you're either you're either working with a powerless group of scouts with a GM that doesn't want them, or you're working with a GM that you know is trash, but at least knows people in the building, has been working on the draft board. So I get why it's a complicated decision but yeah there's no way that this doesn't make the jets look dumb and especially because of the gase factor as you mentioned also adam gase what how did he earn this like no, who, i, don't, I don't understand how this guy falls upward about his post his his press conferences his losing record with the dolphins like what about this guy screams Give me your trust. But he he wins power struggles left and right. I mean, he won several in Miami. Finally, eventually, I guess, lost one at the end. But and now he's You're here. right. He's there were like for coaches months. snorting blow in Miami, and they're <laughs> like, okay, I mean, come on, what, that's that's just an anomaly. That can't be from that's the Mike top Tannenbaum's down. Fault. Get out of here. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it it looks bad for Gase, who, by the way, the, the I think the biggest concern like this year for this because as we're saying, McCagnan, not a good GM. No, it's it's the what? Well, I was going to say he I mean, there is a redemption. There's redemption potential for McCagnan if Sam Darnold develops into. He'll be remembered for that. For all the mistakes that he made, he will be remembered for Sam Darnold, even though. I oh, mean, here like, comes your Sam Darnold. No, 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 no. I like Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's going to be good. But I think but I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to give him a, a big pat on the back for drafting Sam Darnold. Like Brett could have made that pick. I think Brett yeah. probably would have, I would have taken, taken Rosen. Josh Rosen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew it. Damn it. Well, uh, anyone else could have made that pick. And, I mean, even if, uh, like, they 
probably wanted, and it's, Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback too, but like they could have taken any of those quarterbacks there. My point is I'm like not really willing to wave off the rest of his bullshit but because of that. the fan base probably will, will remember it'll him. It'll leave a yeah. soft little moment in their heart. Sure, I get that. But I think the bigger problem this year for this, because as we're saying, McCagden, whatever, who cares? But the fact that this mostly seems like the big disagreement <laughs> uh, between these two guys was the addition of their two marquee free agents. Apparently, you know, I think Rapsheet has reported this. Uh, Manish Mehta also reported it. Oh, Manish it. Mehta had himself oh, a seizure on the Twitter. We don't need to talk Woo! about oh, oh, okay. oh, Manish. Uh, but, I mean, like, so I guess basically Adam Gase belongs to running backs don't matter Twitter because he did not want to pay Le'Veon Bell the big money that it took to, to bring him in. And, oh, by the way, he didn't want to pay C.J. Mosley right. the money that it took to bring it. So now... These two guys have to go play for the team. I think uh, Mike Lombardi, who's not with the Ringer anymore, but he said on his podcast that his new podcast that like Gase wanted to bring in Tevin Coleman and and, and not and like take the discount route, which right. I think we all talked about. Also, Tevin Coleman and um, Le'Veon Bell have the same agent. Yeah. So I, that agent screwed Tevin Coleman. But that's but that's this is wild to me. I mean, he needed to take care of his marquee client. In this scenario. Right, but it's not like the phone... It, it wasn't like you're not calling the same person. You're having yeah. com- conversations with the same agent every day. You right. could have if doctored is, up yeah. a deal. If this is all true, yeah, for sure. And, like, it just is not... It's not good that these two guys who are supposed to be some of the pillars of the team... they're, yeah, they're pay, special. I mean, they reset the linebacker market, especially for C.J. Mosley, who is a good player, but not, like... He's not a Luke Keekley level you know, off-ball linebacker. And Val, just to recap, agreed to a four-year, $52.5 million contract in March that includes $25 million guaranteed. And the fact that the head coach doesn't sign off, like, these guys have to go play for the team now. And, now, and this ish. is... And this is... $25 million guaranteed-ish. Yeah, yeah, a lot of... Yeah, well, there's there, a lot of ish now. It's very... It's not good. It can't possibly be a comfortable situation. I mean, it's New York. There's I know, and, and I feel I feel bad for Sam Darnold and all this to come back to so it. So this is your got take. Yeah, my my Game of Thrones take this morning was that I mean, for one, the Jets are writing a better Game of Thrones skip script than the Game of Thrones writers. Number one, and number two, that's so tired. Look, it, no, it's just a fact. They're, uh-huh. they're not. They're not leaving coffee cups in scenes. We know they're not. Well, Big Mac. That was his. But Mike McCagnan was the guy who <laughs> remember that famous photo cups, where yeah. he, that he just had all those coffee cups around him. So he actually probably would leave a damn coffee cup uh, in the set. But look, it's just a fact. Game of Thrones writers not really landing this ship. They're going to land the ship, but they're not going to do it. It's going to be a bit of a crash landing. Or maybe Get the internet needs to calm down and both things check their emotions. Both things can be true. Now. So I think the Jets are writing a more compelling, like, wow, stunning drama. And the take here is that I think in the Jets Game of Thrones scenario, Sam Darnold is unfortunately left to play the role of Jon Snow, who basically throughout season eight ignores that, oh, something might not be going so well here with 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 Daenerys and just consi- by the way spoiler alert but GFY if you haven't uh watched the damn show yet <laughs> and anyways it's too late for you you know throughout the season John's basically just you're my queen that's all that matters you're my queen uh-huh. and uh, guess what then he doesn't realize something's wrong until the fire is literally burning around him in the most recent episode. And I feel like that's unfortunately how Sam Darnold has been like, no, things are fine. Gase is my head coach. Gase is my head coach. Until the fires of Gase's drama yeah, burn, but John Snow, burn everything down around Yeah, but Jon Snow, unlike him. Sam Darnold, doesn't pledge his full allegiance 
to Daenerys. Like, I mean, kind of. Yeah, he just doesn't. He she just asked doesn't. him to do that. She asked him to get down, and he was like, "Whoa, Auntie." Well, and I, yeah, I mean, I don't think that Sam Donald wants to bang Adam Gates no, either. But, but. The, but it is Sam Darnold's opportunity now. He has to decide whether he is truly all in, halfway in, or going to take some sort of stand. Stop it. You're a child. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I I appreciate that you're trying to—I also appreciate that Avery, whoever made the graphics that you it was tweeted Avery. out. A- 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 at Avery Abroad. A- Avery underscore Abroad on Instagram. I am going to hope that Sam Darnold goes the route of Sansa Stark. Mm, Instead of Jon Snow, that he takes this as a learning experience and moves forward and becomes more of a tactician, to use that word again, and can evolve in his businessship the way that Sansa has. Also, why is no one comping Adam Gase to Lord Baelish? Because that dude is little figure 100%. In in actuality, like the the real— Photoshop that should have been done was the scene in the very first episode uh, or in the very first season when uh, Peter Baelish comes behind Ned Stark, puts the knife to his uh, throat and says, I did warn you not to trust me. He says that uh, that should have been Adam yeah. Gase as Lord Baelish, Ned Stark as Mike McCagnan. I got to just say as producer of this podcast, your your English accents are really like I just didn't didn't even see those coming. And they're really quite, quite good. I have a few um, untapped talents for the podcast. I'll write that into future episodes of the show. Mm, Terrific. So from Game of Thrones, let's talk about Vikings because I think that's pretty seamless. Oh, wow. Seamless. Kyle Rudolph, there are rumors. They're not doing his deal, right? The Vikings could save $7.6 million if they move him. They just used a second round pick on my boy, Irv Smith Jr. Irv. Um, So... Swerve and Irvin. Let, let, we could go to, let's first say, do you think Irv Smith has a potential to make an impact in his rookie year, assuming Kyle Rudolph moves on, and also noting, of course, the trope that we have all become familiar with, which is that rookie, rookie tight ends. ends don't develop as quickly as other positions. Correct. I think as a pass catcher, yeah, especially because the reason I liked this pick was that I think behind Diggs and Thielen. And honestly, this includes Rudolph, too, who is fine at this point. I think he averaged under 10 yards per catch last year. Um, He's not a downfield element at all. Like, they're weak behind Diggs and Thielen. And again, like I said, Rudolph fits into that. Um, I think he's just like an average starting NFL tight end. And I think Irv has more potential to be a downfield presence, a guy that, you know, he's not quite like his you know, O.J. Howard, the guy he followed up right. at Alabama. But I do think both those guys are really good downfield tight ends. And you got more exposure to Irv Smith doing that than you did O.J. Howard a few years ago at Alabama, who's used very, very differently. Also, I think that this is one of those, the O.J. Howard, Irv Smith changing of the guard at Alabama was a, to to your branding, uh, a silver lining moment for Irv Smith because while O.J. Howard was still there, he was used almost exclusively as a blocker his first year, his true freshman year at Alabama, which gave him opportunities and part of the the technical part of his game that a lot of tight ends don't develop or have trouble developing once they get to the NFL. So he's already, while he's still green as a blocker, mm-hmm. he is miles ahead, and this was part of the reason I liked him so much ahead of the draft, 
than like Noah Fant. Maybe not as much as Hawkinson, but he is not just a receiving tight end. But then when Howard left to the NFL, he saw like this massive uptick in usage as a receiver. And he closed out his career at Alabama with the sixth most receiving yards and second most touchdowns among tight ends. And I just want to give um, at the FF ghost who puts out the orange report a shout out for that stat. Here's so here's the thought, you know, more of a wide view thought with uh, the Vikings. Like if they trade Kyle Rudolph and I get it, like everybody on the team has to take a pay cut except Kirk Cousins right now. (laughs) Like at this point, that's where we're at. But if they trade Kyle Rudolph, who's a veteran, who is definitely at this point a better blocker. He'll be 30 in November. Yeah. And again, I don't think he's that good of a, a player. He's coming off his point. worst statistical season since yeah. 2015. But he is a better blocker. He certainly is probably a better player right at this moment than Irv sure. Smith is. The Vikings, you know, some of their moves continue to show us like they want to be a run first team. You know, they hire the Gary Kubiak crew and they get an offensive lineman. Mike Zimmer uh, throws a fit at the end of last year because Flip is not running the ball enough. However, they also have a ton of money invested in their quarterback. They have a ton of money invested in their two elite wide receivers. I just their moves. And now if they're going to go with Irv Smith at tight end, who is more of a move guy, even if he's slightly a bit mm-hmm. of a better blocker, their moves are a little bit disjointed to me that I'm I know everybody's willing to just say, like, yeah, the Vikings are totally turning over into a run heavy team. I don't know. Maybe they're like the 15th, 14th, 13th most run heavy team. Well, there's what you want to do and what you can do. I think I think if they wanted to, they could commit to either. But it just makes no sense to have two elite advantages at the wide receiver position and not want to funnel your offense Sometimes you can love two things at the same time. Can you? And not go all in. Sometimes it takes a lot of, like, courage to go all in and you just don't have, like, the circumstances at your disposal disposal to do it. No, I mean, that's totally fair and I think that is probably where the Vikings are at. They're halfway through their commitment to this boring run-heavy team that they know is, I mean, that's not the real way you win in the NFL and then there's obviously the way you can win, which is with a great passing game, but they don't have the resources to do it. They might also not have the quarterback to do it, so who knows? Where do you want to see Kyle Rudolph land? Do you not care? Don't care, really. Really? I mean, if he lands with the Patriots, no, no, I'll put no. my performative hat on and go out on Twitter and be like, oh, this is great. I mean, but who gives a I don't care. Well, I care. <laughs> Tell me where then. You can care for me. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him go. This is not for fantasy necessarily. But I think going to the Bengals is an interesting okay. place to go. Um, they just took a tight end Drew Sample in the second sure round. They sure did. <laughs> he of 25 catches a senior year or whatever. I just wrote limited receiving experience because I was going to be kind. Oh, well, there um, you go. One of us is kind. I mean, he did flash potential. Uh, but also... T- it, Kyle Rudolph is from Cincinnati originally, could Mm -hmm. go home. We can't really be sure of Tyler Eifert, so there's a nice bridge there. I also feel like Houston, like, do something. Oh, yeah. No, that—okay. Maybe I care about about Houston. Ryan Griffin punched his way—he was partying with us in Nashville, clearly. He punched his way potentially off of the roster. I wondered who that was. Um, What about Pittsburgh? Didn't they— They have Vance McDonald. Yeah. Yay, Vance McDonald. Let's get that. I mean, what about about New York? They have Chris Herndon, who you lunatics all have ranked as like 11 (laughs) to 13 at the tight end position. I don't, but I don't think that. Except Andy Barron's, professorial Andy Barron's. Yeah, he's he's the hottest. So, I mean, why not? I'm right here. You You killed me like four episodes ago to my face in this very room. About what? 
date Mary no, you, kill? Yeah, you literally oh, killed, killed me. killed you. You yeah. literally killed me. I, I mean, I'm... I love Andy Barron's, but I am hotter than Andy Barron's. And I can I can live with that myself. I don't need your validation uh, about nor it. Nor should you. Okay. He probably has better legs. He is taller. Anyway, I she think Houston <laughs> is interesting, uh, is a nice place. We got, uh, what is this, the under on 10 minutes to have Brett put his face <laughs> in his hands in panic? <laughs> yes. There was Up a second where you said he's the hottest, and I was thinking, <laughs> oh, like he's really hot at picking games. Oh, <laughs> no. Really hot oh at, no, like, no, no, no. We were objectifying. Being a, prognosti- a football like, prognosticator. No, baseball. like spicy looks. I understand now. <laughs> like underrated hot. Andy Barron's does have a like a... He runs a lot. He runs so marathons. can confirm about the legs. But we're he's got the pro- about, professor, like the, the, you know. Oh, yeah. Like you'd really hate to see him disappointed. Also, too, with Andy, like... You know, we're talking about aging earlier. Guy looks great with the great hair. I mean, the gray hair. Looks oh, great. yeah. Rocks it very well. I, I Like, I don't think I'm ever going to look that good with gray hair, so. You got a haircut. I did. At least both of us are, are rocking changed hairs. Brett has said nothing about it, of course. No. <laughs> Brett, what do you think of our hair? I did hair? notice it this morning. I didn't know if I should say anything. <laughs> about whose hair? Matt's. I said something about your hair last week, Liz. Uh, yeah, but she's I got fully, it done yesterday. You got it done. No, but it was. <laughs> but it's a full this changeover. This is different. Hue, it's a different hue oh God, than it was. And it was a changed. Yeah, I dyed my hair color a different color. Two weeks ago. Which when like we recorded people, because this is an audio format. I don't know if we're forgetting that people are supposedly listening to this. Um, would you like to tell the people what color it is? Pink. You can find it on our Instagram at Liz Loza underscore FF. Thank you, Matt. Matt You're also welcome. got a haircut. I did. Um, I like it. Thank you. It, you I know, think you look roguish. Roguish. Yeah. Do we think it, may, it may, Let's go back to age. Do we think it makes me look younger or older? I think it makes you look more current. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be posting any pictures of this because who cares? But I do think that, yeah, it was time for a change. I'd had the like big, long quaff thing for like f- yeah. four years and I was over it. I I've, think he could go even more floppy. Well, the the quaff is there. What do you want me like, look like? I just woke up, got and, out of bed, and we've, a little we've bit. gone pretty short on the sides, like a oh like yeah, a, like a two, almost one and a half. Baby. Okay, see, is I'm, that a, a barber shop reference? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is not the movie, but there, there's sizes to the of razors of, to the yeah the clippers on the uh, yeah the, on the on one the, and a half. Razor, yeah, you got to go. This short. is a great podcast. Do you guys want to talk about running back rankings? Yeah, I do. Okay. I would love to talk about running back rankings. All right. Since I don't do them, and you guys do, and I just get to sit in my ivory tower of judgment. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I posted a poll on the Instagram. Which, by the way, is um, at LizLoza underscore FF. Thank you. You are welcome. At Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Which stands for? Backyard banter. So Brad Evans, Andy Barons, and I are writing these fantasy football team previews. We just did the New York Giants. You can find that at Yahoo Fantasy Sports in the app on the, on the website. It's actually really hard to find the rankings, if I could be honest. I'm not talking about the rankings. I'm talking oh. about the articles we're writing, but thanks for paying attention. So there was a question posed as to whether or not Shoot. Saquon Barkley would be a top. Ah, as in the number one. I did read this. Of uh, thanks of on my Instagram. Well, you, know, you, want to, you want to know why I read it? Because on your Instagram, which again at Liz Lozon underscore I'm gonna kill FF, him. Oh my god! Um, I went like I was watching your stories, uh, and oh, I saw, what time of night? Uh, I was, oh my god! <laughs> this show has gone completely. Three thirty-eight p.m. Okay, so an acceptable time. 
and so I was watching it, and and you'd bleeped out who the who the the top running back on your rankings was, and I was so curious. You didn't, didn't swipe up because I don't have a check mark. Right, me neither. It's on both yeah, of our yeah. radars, by the way. Instagram. So I was so curious. I was like, I'm gonna go to the website. And if I found it, you jokers can find it out there. I found the article and I read who your top running back was. All right. Um, so great Instagram work. But I put a poll and asked people the same question, not knowing my answer yet. Would Saquon Barkley be the number one running back in your rankings or would someone else? And most people said, I think it was an 80% of the poll believed that Saquon should be the number one ranked running back. You Sheep. and I... There you go. You and I both disagree with that. Sheep. So who is your number one? And why well, is Saquon not I don't have to do rankings, so. I think Alvin Kamara would be my number one running back. That's not my number one. That's I my know number it's two. Not. But because you, you have the safest of the, of the, the bunch at Zeke number one. Yes. is my number one. And I feel like the answer to that is if you look at Zeke's numbers after Amari Cooper joined the squad post-Halloween, post the team's bye, he averaged 40 more scrimmage yards per week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there were, you know, boxes weren't as stacked, yada, yada, yada. So he had more room to run. And I feel like that offense, assuming Michael Gallup also takes a step forward. I know you love Michael Gallup. Crazy grit, good separator. Um, yeah, he's solid. Uh-huh. Um, then that trend should continue. So I am making him my number one because he is, I think, has the highest floor of these guys. Alvin Kamara, I understand he's the best athlete. Ah, no, Saquon might be a better athlete, but he's in a, the best position given he's his the best athletic. Offense of these three, he also, I mean, he's the most, I think he's the most explosive pass catcher. Obviously, McCaffrey's up there. You know, I mean, we're saying top four of these, these this top four tier one that I think is universal is, Elliot, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, but everybody has the order a little mixed up, and that's what we're, we're sitting here. That's your first tier. That's what every that's pretty much everybody's first tier at this point. Um, but the reason I like Kamara so much is again best offense. You know, as Breeze I think put on tape last year, struggles to throw the ball downfield. That's only more good news for Kamara. And also, by the way, Mark Ingram is gone. Latavius Murray's there, but Ingram to Latavius Murray is a downgrade. Mm-hmm. And I think that he would be in line for less touches, maybe more around the goal line, sure. But Kamara early in you know 2018 when Mark Ingram was suspended was a true workhorse stud, whatever, bell cow back to start the season. I think we could see something closer to that throughout the duration of 2019 uh, here this year. Assuming that his body can withstand yeah. all of that. Which I think... We don't have any reason to not believe that, right? No, I'm, it's just a hypothetical. It's, it's just, just a, hypothetical. a theory. I mean, especially if your quarterback continu- starts to tank it as he mm-hmm. did down the stretch and you're right. being relied upon more once more your more. body has been mm-hmm. through the wear and tear. And they do play in a dome, so that fixes things. To the Saquon part, though, I just, you know, if people want to talk about the first half of Zeke's season without Amari Cooper and use that, extrapolate that out, to the whole season, and that's why they're not putting Zeke number one, then you have to do the same thing for Saquon if OBJ isn't there. Because when OBJ was sidelined for the last month, four weeks of 2018, two of those games, and I know YPC is, quote, to quote Dalton, a a noisy stat. Um, It's not everything, but Barkley had his worst, he averaged his worst YPC of the season, 2.2 and 2.0, two of those weeks. And then another week that he faced the Redskins, he, like, ripped off some 78-yard touchdown. Yep. Yes, he is an incredible athlete, tons of breakaway ability, but 
you can't rely on that week to week. So And his other big game was Dallas in week seventeen, seventeen carries, one oh eight yard one oh nine yards and a touchdown on the ground and uh, four catches for And that's 33. when they were sitting all their starters. Yep. Demarcus Lawrence played about half the game. Leighton Van Der Esch played about half the game. Byron Jones played about half the game. Whatever. So, yeah, I mean, you can... There's... It's just... You're not worried about the floor of Saquon Barkley, but you have to... Look, I don't care what people think about how good he is. Like, you have to admit at this point that we've seen examples of great backs be tanked by bad offenses. I don't think the Giants are going to be so bad that they're like 2018 Cardinals or, you know, 2016 Rams, the offenses that tanked David Johnson or Todd Gurley. I don't think they'll be that bad, but there's a, there's a scenario where Eli Manning is that bad because he's another year closer to completely done. There's another scenario where rookie Daniel Jones gets in there and that's not a great situation. And if we're talking about stacked boxes and all that, the Giants have good receivers. Golden Tate, good receiver. Sterling Shepard, good receiver. Evan Ingram, good tight end. But those guys are all small ball receivers. That's right. There's no vertical yep. threats here. Which means they're all going to eat each I mean, and of course, like this is all side note. The thing that makes me crazy about Gettleman because he's not admitting that Eli's washed, but he's only giving him short to intermediate. Money like, receivers. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, well, you obviously know that your quarterback doesn't have an arm left because you're giving him dink and dunk options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a small ball offense. It really operates over the middle of the field inside the numbers. That's small it. balls. I want to talk about we're not going to do team previews, even though, because like well, I said, talk, can we talk? Can we talk McCaffrey? For a minute? Oh, sure. Go for it. I think he could. I could easily make a case. I know he's you number him. one. Yeah. I mean, you hate him because he's ripped. I get it. Uh, it's not why I hate him. I just I feel like Curtis Samuel, you, so part of the, I can't speak fully to this because you recently charted DJ Moore and you have surprising things to tell us, but you want to tease those a little bit. I, I don't have that data. Mm-hmm. I feel like Curtis Samuel came on a lot last year. I expect him to do more of that. I just don't think that Christian McCaffrey, I mean, this is kind of my Alvin Kamara issue. Like, I just don't think that guy is built to be in every down back for 16 games. I just don't get that, though, because we've seen him do it now once in the NFL, and we saw him do it consistently in college. Like, he was a bell cow back. I I mean, yeah, he's small, but he's as big as, like, a guy like LaShawn McCoy, who's helped. I mean, he has injury issues every now and again, but he's been a bell cow back several several times in the NFL. The the, the California Panthers, the Carolina Panthers, (sighs) I wish, have now moved from size to speed. So they have lots of overlap in their weaponry than the skill sets of their weaponry. So I have to imagine that, like, I know Riverboat Ron likes to, like, play things pretty obviously, but mm-hmm. I, I have to imagine that, like, Samuel is a diverse, is a is a versatile player who can be used out of the backfield as well. Yeah. No, I mean, I, but I think, I think if all things work out for the Carolina Panthers offense, I think you're looking— How many times has that happened no. in your lifetime? <laughs> Never, ever, ever, and I don't believe it will this time, but it's also— this also has to um, take them realizing the talents of their own players, which I don't think they will. They need Curtis Samuel to emerge as like their outside X receiver or outside primary flanker receiver in a way that like Stefan Diggs has for the Vikings, like that type of player. And then they need DJ Moore to be more of that big slot receiver flanker hybrid like a uh, Adam Thielen. So I think they have the outline for that type of receiving core, but that's where I think both these guys. I don't think Curtis Samuel is some like hybrid player at this point anymore. I think he needs to be a full time receiver. But there's a lot of if everything works out and Greg Olson stays healthy, which 
that's unlikely. Yeah, I could see that maybe McCaffrey doesn't see the target volume that he has over the course of his first two seasons, but we know that he has, you know, Matt Forte-like potential to push for 80, 90, 100 catches every year. You got no love for Elijah Holyfield? Not really. Maybe even, is he going to make the team? I think so. I mean, they drafted a running back before they signed him as an undrafted and, agent, right. too. I think he'll make the team if for no other reason than name recognition, but... It'd be a nice, you know, story. Panthers like those guys from the Southeast, too. Are you done with your love letter to CMC? I didn't you? even really even come out like a love letter. I, I lost it there midway through. Uh, number Again, he's my number four ranked running yeah. back. It's not like I'm down on the guy. I don't think it's crazy to have Barkley as four. I mean, that's the and, – and we're talking consensus number one, but I don't know. I could see him being fourth. Do you want to talk about um, over on – you pitched this in that last segment, so why don't you – yeah, so I th- I mean I think we're not quite at team previews yet, but like I thought it'd be fun to talk some little like over under post draft over unders for some of these teams based on what we know about them now. Um, you know, just kick it around a little bit. You know, very casual, very casual sort of situation here. But uh, and then Brett assigned us the two most boring divisions, which I didn't see coming. But uh, we're going to talk AFC East and NFC East. Poor Brett, look at you. I'm getting killed on this podcast, and it will continue. I got literally killed on this podcast. So okay, and Liz threatened to kill me again earlier in this podcast. So. Maybe we're just getting the worst part over with, Maybe. and where there's something exciting good- for for people to to come back to next. Which divisions would you like to do next week, Matt? Let's talk about it off air. Okay. All right. So first up, Buffalo Bills six and a half wins over under. Liz, you taking the over or the under there? I have looked at this, and I believe they have eight games at home. Which is most not, teams yes. do, but the, the, well, some teams play in London. Some right. hypothetically will play in Mexico City, but we'll see. Um, they had I, six wins last year. FYI, they did. I am going to go over, which is oh. what I said in our team previews, because I do feel like they'll get somebody in Orchard Park. They'll get enough players in Orchard, enough games in Orchard Park to make that happen. So I'm going to go over. I think okay. Sean McDermott. They went nine and seven the year before. Had a sneaky good off season. Yeah. Um, they've got know, John Brown. They've got Cole Beasley. And on defense, they have, I mean, I think Ed Oliver is a perfect fit next to Star Lutulele. Kind of gives Sean McDermott his K1 short that he had for years in Carolina, that type of player. Um, they get Cody Ford in the second round of the draft to add to that offensive line. They have Devin Singletary if they do move on from LaShawn McCoy. Also, I have Frank Gore. I mean, I, I'm with you. Uh, could... TJ Yeldon. One of those guys isn't making the team. I think At least it, two could not make the team. Well, that's the thing. If they cut LaShawn McCoy, then I think you could see them have Frank Gore, Devin Singletary, and TJ Yeldon. They won't do that, though, because Gore and McCoy are, quote, close. I don't. I think that there's some weird, like, ego ship. Like, you're not bringing yeah. Frank Gore on for his theoretical seventh final run to do something <laughs> like that. Yeah, no, I, I guess I could see that. Um, I, I could, I'm going to go under. I could see them being a 6-10 and 10 team. It just depends on how you feel about Josh Allen. Like, if Josh Allen's going to not take that next step, they're probably going to be an under seven win team. And for me, I, I don't see them being, I don't see Josh Allen being at that I think place they get yet. seven wins. Miami, five. Five. Uh, give me the under. Give me all the overs. I was shocked. <laughs> I mean, big surprise. Dolphins fan, lifelong Dolphins fan in 2019, Liz Loza. Uh, they're going to beat the Patriots in one of the two meetings. They, they can it's split an early that one season. Too. Yes, when the Patriots are still rounding into form. Yeah, they're doing that thing that they do every year. So I think five wins. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. No, no probably not. No, I mean, give me the under. Not. I mean, it's. I think it's. 
they have the potential to be an interesting offense with Kenny Stills and Bert Alert and uh, Mike Gusecki maybe under a smarting co- smarter coaching staff, Dwayne Allen and your boy Josh Rosen, but I just don't trust that offensive line. I don't trust them not to get Rosen obliterated. Well, I, I also think that their offensive line is trying to find an identity as a run-blocking unit versus a pass-blocking unit if you look at the changes they made, so I'm not entirely sure that that's their objective, but... New England, 11. Give me a push on that one. Sure. I think he's. I think they're 11-5 and five team. I don't care. You don't care? I mean... You don't no, care about the cares? Patriots? No. Yeah, who cares? Moving on. Jets, seven and a half. How do you feel about this one? I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. Really? Yeah. I think, uh, I think it, I, look, I, for all of my Jon Snow takes, I really do like Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. The solid but not spectacular cast of weapons they've put around him. Line got better this year with Kaleche Assemble added to the group. Le'Veon Bell. I do think Bell. That's gonna, the, that's like the linchpin for me. Is Bell? Yeah. Running backs don't matter, though, okay, according to his own head coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that, I mean, that's problematic. I mean, could this be uh, an eight-win team? Right. Yeah, it could be an eight-win team. I just imagine there to be a complete train wreck down the stretch. Like, something happens. I don't know if Greg Williams, like, they get into some fight. I just don't don't see this ending well. Oh, it's, it's volatile. It's on its way to happening but i mean you're the first 10 15 minutes of this podcast about slamming the jets and every yeah no i mean look it's a volatile bet here but eight if we're looking on paper eight wins yeah if i'm looking in actuality and folding in psychobabble then under fair enough i mean i can't i can't really debate that dallas nine this one was tough for me this is the toughest one of the bunch um where'd you go I, I, it's a push, but I'm going to say over. Me I think too. that of the division, they are the best team. I, I disagree with you there, but I— You disagree? You think the Eagles are better? Yep. I'm taking—in their nine and a half, I'm taking the over for sure on that one. If Carson Wentz can stay healthy and finally fully— Well, I think we've seen him in full breakout form in his MVP level 2017 They certainly did season. everything possible this year to make him the franchise quarterback. Yeah. But he has to stay healthy. He has to own the locker room in a different way. Whether or not people think that report was trash, sure, it still existed. Sure. Well, I think I think if your biggest question is your quarterback, who we already know is good, that's a pretty good set of questions there for the Eagles. You already know he's good, but you don't know if he is consistent. I'm confident that he's a okay. consistent player. So you're going to—so nine and a half, you believe over. I, believe I, over. I just think I, that Dallas is like a more complete team. I think they're the more predictable team. Sure, I guess. I mean, they're very predictable. Um, but I don't know. With Dallas, yeah, no, I see. I'm I'm confident that Dallas is a good roster. Like, going back to last week's episode, they have a lot of questions in terms of their team building based on all these contracts. Like, you know, Amari Cooper, Byron mm-hmm. Jones, whatever, whatever. Um, Zeke down the line. But I'm confident that they're going to be a good team this year because I think they have a good defense. They have a good running game. And, and the quarterback is good enough. Giants, six. <laughs> Under. Under. <laughs> hey, this has been a this has been an anti Giants podcast for a long time. Washington six and a half. I'm gonna go over. under. Oh, you're gonna go over? Yeah. What? Because I think that Jay Gruden is sneaky enough to put trash together in such a way that he can get seven wins. And still get fired. And probably still get fired because Dan Snyder is I mean, Dan Snyder's like the worst. King Joffrey. Like he's yeah. just unpredictable and I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, give me the under on this one. Their roster is bad. They don't have a good defense. They don't 
They don't have a good secondary. What was their rec- record last year? Were they six seven and, and nine. Se- I mean, so I could, but I could easily be six and ten uh, with a rookie quarterback. Case Keenum is there. Oh, great! <laughs> oh, terrific! So after he the bed for a few weeks, they've got the they've got a rookie quarterback to throw in there with a group of pass catchers who has nothing, nothing of interest. They're, the pass catchers are problematic. problematic. I will admit that. Yeah, and they've got a running. They've got a stable. They want to be a run first team. They've got a stable of running backs that includes a running back who could turn to dust at well, any have, moment. They in have Adrian three Peterson like that. They have well, they have four because they have Chris Thompson still kicking around there who also could turn to dust at any moment. They have Bryce Love who probably won't make an impact this year, and then they have Darius Geis who they say maybe ready for training camp. You know, there was this was not like a clean ACL no, tear. No, there were lots of setbacks. The, yeah, like we're good. So, they, talk about problematic. The knee situation. There's in, not, in, not in, a lot in, of good knees yeah. in Washington. So give me the under on All this right. one for well, sure. So Matt is going to take the under. I feel like Jay Gruden is sneaky and might do something. Oh, man, did we talk about this online or offline that if like Jay got it's hard fired, to track anymore. he would end up with his brother? You did. Uh, I don't know if it was offline or offline, off but you did say that to me once. Um, clearly, it made an impact. I mean, I remembered you said it. I just don't remember the time, place, or if it was into a microphone. All right, so we're getting ready to tape our voicemail of the week, but instead, a very special guest stopped by. It's Bobin Marjanovic. Welcome, Bobin. Thank you very much. Thank you very Thank much. You Thank you very much. Star of John Wick 3. First time I say, you must you must really like introduce my, my name. You say my name so perfect. My, <laughs> front, my first name and last name. It was like, wow. Are you practice? I, no, man. This is Liz, oh, this a professional. Pro. She's yeah, a pro. Is, She's a okay. pro. Okay, sorry, sorry. My fault. My <laughs> Thank fault. you. You can now stay for, for quite a bit. Y'all, thank you. So I want to talk about John Wick. Really, let's get into it because he's obviously a human weapon. This franchise has been incredible. He kills everyone, as you know. Is there anyone? Ah, you guys must see that. I don't know why they kill everybody. I mean, maybe he doesn't kill everybody. He kills maybe. a lot of people. Making he kills a lot of people. Right? He kills a lot history. of people. Yeah. He kills a lot of people. He is John Wick. So other than potentially maybe not saying anything, John Wick, is there any other person you'd want to be or character you'd want to be killed by on screen? The, no, Halle Berry. Okay. <laughs> did you work with her at all? No, we didn't. Okay. We didn't. No, we didn't. I just hit Keanu, and uh, and it was it was really amazing. But you asked me like if I choose somebody who killed me more, you know, and uh, it was like um, it was like really really amazing to be that. Like it really amazing to be with Keanu and uh, have that conversation with him and fighting scene with him. First time when I walked there and then we try we try scene, I was like first moment I look him in the eyes. I supposed to say my lines. I was like. He say his line. I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this guy? I was like, I need to say something? Or like, you know, like, sorry, guys, I really but not, not remember my lines. <laughs> Somebody helped me because I, I work with real Keanu. It's not like, he's not just like movie. I mean, he's Neo. He's John yeah. Wick. He's all yeah. the things. Yes. So do, are you familiar with the game Date, Mary Kill? No. Okay. Well, real quick. It's an amended title, by the yes. way. But yeah. So uh-huh. you can choose. To, I'm going to give you three versions of Keanu. John Wick. Keanu is Neo from The Matrix. Matrix, okay, I know this. Okay, or Keanu from uh, as Johnny Utah from Point Break. Which one would you want to date, marry, or kill? 
or just kill all of them or just marry they, all of them. They marry, they, they marry and kill? Yeah, I didn't write the question. My producer did. So, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was kill everybody. Right. <laughs> Let's go to kill better than date. Okay. There we go. Sounds good. So, Boban, are you um, a Game of Thrones fan at all? And no, but I will, I will, I will start to watch. To be honest, okay, like, because like you know, like other people, a lot of people have that like um, they watch every single time. Like, hey, I watch game. You watch Game of Thrones. You watch Game of Thrones. I need to, I need to start to watch. To be honest, okay. Well, I have one question for you based on the show. Um, you know, and, like uh, I'm really bit bad because then I don't watch. I will anymore. show you, but I have the video to show okay, you. Please I, show, uh, yeah, show, yeah. Me, show me before I respond. Because so I want to ask. Um, I'm assuming in John Wick three that you're not the guy to take john wick out even though i you're and very nobody can take him exactly out. right um so who has a better death you in this movie or aaron Rodgers in this clip from game of thrones i i, th- I think i think my death is easier all right uh, this was so painful when i watched <laughs> oh it's a lot of this, a lot this of was like a lot, a lot a lot of this was like you know like a really get like in some effort but this is like he was like you can do anything <laughs> right right i yeah. mean your scene is in a library my scene is library you, you know because before before the movie they catch me I, I start to read and they catch me wow 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 it's like you know like what's happening i guess go to shoot the movie no i'm joking it's in a library that would be funny it's not work i swear guys and uh <laughs> but and, you shush you shush keanu because you're in a, a library as you're battling yeah, yeah because secret my library must yeah, be secret quiet, yeah, right? people is there you know can you do a shush so that my producer of can course. make a drop that's for you, Harmon. I was just gonna say that's definitely like, getting thrown back in my face yeah, at some point. But I, I was thinking we, we do different. We, did, we, we didn't do. Sh- we do like sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that because they tell me you not you cannot say that word. You must say something else. Yeah, I remember it's that mm. it's that one. It was an there awesome scene. Okay, last question for you, and then I'm gonna let you go. I know you're a busy guy. No, so, I'm not a busy guy. <laughs> all right, well, hang out, man. Your people tell us no, you're super busy. Uh, so, keep your feet up, um, you grew up in <laughs> Serbia. <laughs> Okay. Right. You found your way to basketball. Yes. You played for eight different European teams. You became the the most efficient scorer in NBA history. You know when you, when you say that, I really like I feel like so proud of myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is me. It's a lot more than it's either more than of us have done. Yeah. But, um, now you're part of one of the most successful action film franchises of the last decade. You have mentioned, based on this incredible journey that is your life, wanting to write like an inspirational book. Yes. What would you title it? You know, now I have like I have more stuff to add. You know, like yeah. it was like you know, like I still, it's still it's the plan is in my head to be like you know, like to be like you know, like uh, books to can read and like inspire for your like for your like uh, life, like more inspiration book, and uh, to be like to like all kids never never mind like when they do why they're coming to like fighting for for their lives to fighting for their dreams uh and uh, like the basic story nothing can stop you to can be whatever you like and uh we have everybody different but at the end of the end of the story like we can fight for ourselves and this is like this is, like my main thing because i'm i'm like uh different than uh than uh like we everybody different but i'm different like on different way and uh this like helped me sometimes and uh, sometimes it was like hard hard parts of my life and i want like i want like show everything like you can fight with everything to can be whatever you like so can i give you maybe just i'm just going to pitch a title please you don't even have to pay me for it okay please how about play big but, but I like it. Yeah, yeah you're welcome. Honest. Yeah, I like it. Thank from you very much. From me to you. Hey, Look at that. She really said that. No pay for that. It's on record. It's on record. Thank you so much for being yeah. with thank us, Thank you, guys. Thank really you guys for hearing me. Thank you on everything. Thank it was you. it was really nice. Be sure to check out John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum this week. Yeah, check, uh, check movie. 
please check John John Wick 3 check the movie and uh, you guys will have fun thank you so I did get killed again you, you hung me out to dry <laughs> with Boban that's and true questions. you did write it you, you threw him right <laughs> under the bus in front of like a seven foot man Seven foot three. Oh yeah, nice guy though. By the way, Excellent. very lovely. Yeah, he Human. was he was really cool. I think honestly, he wanted to stay and do the rest of the podcast with us and not go do whatever the hell else they had him doing over there, like holding jug- puppies, juggling and puppies and babies, babies and yeah. stuff. Like, well, look at you. You're a big guy. You want to hold small stuff? Great thought. There, well, there is a subreddit called Bowman Holds Things, so there is a precedent for that. Yeah, so that you know, they just took the low hanging fruit. That's fine. I had other questions to ask him. I want to talk more about John Wick, but I guess oh, we'll just man. have to see the movie and then. Yeah. Hell yes. I love John Wick. Great, great movies. What did you think of John Wick, Liz? <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was a romp. <laughs> a real romp. A romp? Yeah. Um. Also, Theon Greyjoy is in that movie. Yeah. And it was so tilting for me to be like, to hey. <laughs> <Ice that dog. laughs> what? Which, what? Which one that? Reek? Who? Reek? The Theon Greyjoy from Game I, of Thrones. I don't watch, I don't watch oh. the dragon show. Oh, right. Jeez. Right, right, Anyways, right. Um, but Liz, back to the people that are on the show. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, it was like, I think when I saw that movie, it was around the same time when Theon was like taking his real like asshole turn in Game of Thrones where he's like pretending to kill Bran and like beheading that guy in Winterfell. Also, and, God, he should have just killed Bran. I wish he hadn't mixed up those kids because <laughs> Christ... Who said, oh, man, I can't remember um, who it was. It's someone's like someone made a Jets comparison to Bran. Like, oh, he's just this guy who just sits around and does nothing or whatever. I can't remember. Great audio here. Um, but, yeah, so Theon at that point was like the real just awful guy of the show. Uh, so I was like, yeah, this makes sense, actually, for, to see him be a terrible person in John Wick, too. Now we've seen him like be a, a, a like a, he was kind of redeemed in his final moments of Game of Thrones. But I know we're not. That's Boban shushing you. <laughs> I was like, what is that? I thought it was Brett You asked for me to clip that out. Yeah. You did it. You did it so quickly. So he shushed me like three times there, right? Well, fine. End the damn That's show. That's the Boban shush. All right. Well, that is the end of the show. Not because Matt said so, but because I can't take any because more of this. Boban said so. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. Be sure to download the podcast and subscribe. If you subscribe, give us, um, well, not after this particular episode, maybe, but in general, a nice review rating. Just write something like, wow, Liz Loza, she is has a sparkling personality and Matt Harmon does not deserve to be killed, period. Five stars. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram, as you know, at Liz Loza underscore FF. This Yahoo over here is at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And we are mercifully out. I had fun. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.